0: On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment? Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11, for Dave and Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, I've got Trip Crosby.
1: Think about what Dollar Shave Club was. Think about what Squatty Potty was. Sure, it was clever, well-priced, all of that, but they were just talking about what it was. Because what it was, what those products were, were and are, are incredibly interesting and funny on their own. It's like the same is true with Pooper. So, Pooperie, Squatty Potty, Dollar Shave Club, those are the ones people remember. And, uh.
0: Tripp, thanks for making time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, we'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us about the various things you're doing. And, and I'm interested actually to hear how you introduce yourself. Man, I
1: am also introduced to. In- Interested in hearing how I introduce myself because uh, I find even after 15 years in my career, explaining what it is is the most challenging part. Uh, the short version is I make YouTube videos, oftentimes in partnerships with brands. Uh, I host and perform and sometimes even do keynotes at corporate events. And I always have two or three ancillary creative projects going on. Currently, I'm trying to finish writing my first feature-length screenplay, and I'm also writing and producing a 60 to 90-minute live performance. It's really hard to explain as <laughs> it's something very unique that I've never seen done and certainly haven't done myself.
0: Sure. So there's a lot of people that make YouTube videos. There's not a lot of people that have 10 million and 15 million views on their videos. Um, what do you attribute uh, what do you attribute some of the su- success that you guys have had to what do you what do you think has resonated so much more than other folks who are trying to make comedy online
1: well for one reps we started doing YouTube videos early on when YouTube first began in 2006 and it took a while to really figure out what our voice was in the world of YouTube sketch comedy so I would attribute some of our success to just doing a lot of it. I would also attribute some of it to being at the right place at the right time. Uh, Like I said, we started really early on, and we had one of the first viral comedy sketches on YouTube, which at the time was a bigger deal than it is now because there wasn't as much content flying around everywhere. So having a sketch that was suddenly on the homepage of YouTube and then millions of blogs got us on the news, and it was shown on late night shows and so uh, we, we were able to get the ball rolling really easily just by starting early, having the right sketch at the right time, and also having a lot of practice.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, uh, the, those meaningful repetitions, right? There's so many oh, people yeah. that want the result but don't want to pay the price.
1: Oh yeah, and and you have to pay the price more than ever now because YouTube is so spread thin with content and it is really hard to break through. They're They're just thousands of people that have millions of views. So it's it's harder than ever. And you have to be patient and you have to be willing to just keep grinding out content and know that you may never have a hit. It's almost like being a musician.
0: <laughs> sure. Um, so for people who don't understand or, or maybe aren't familiar with how folks like you would partner with a brand, I mean, you've got over 200,000 subscribers, 75 million views. Can you, under- can you help people uh, understand a little bit about why they would wanna engage with someone like you and what that typically looks
1: like? Sure, so that's even changed over time. The reason people partner with us now is because we have a very long slate of successful viral videos. Uh, and all of it is brand friendly. A lot of it is office culture humor. Uh, so we work with a lot of B two B brands that are looking to market their product, usually their technology product, to other businesses. And so we can we've written a lot of comedy around that specific culture. So it's very targeted, it's very brand friendly, and it's very well produced for the budgets that we work with. So I've directed a number of commercials for broadcast. And it's very expensive to get that sort of advertising. You're paying a lot of money for the production. You're paying a ton of money to an ad agency for the idea. And uh, there's just a lot of bells and whistles. Whereas if you work with us and you're a brand and you want to get a lot of eyeballs, you want the content to be good, you're just coming straight to us and we're able to produce it cheaper. There's no ad agency in the way. Actually, there is sometimes. But oftentimes, there's not. we directly with a lot of brands. And the content's going to be really engaging and funny, and it's going to look good, near broadcast quality.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I do think it's an interesting strategy. That office humor. Um, I think you know, having seen your guys' videos over the years, you know, conference call in real life, email in real life, you know, stuff like that. Every hotel ever, you know, winning at the winning at the rental car. Like right. I really identify with it, having having been a business traveler a lot, and and just that world, um, I can see how it becomes mm-hmm. uh, a little more magnetic for those B two B brands that are worried about. Um, how does this play with our brand? Is this, you know, is this going to detract, or, or what are the other videos they've made? Is that going to embarrass us? You know,
1: totally. Uh, it, it's a, it's a safer route for those companies that want to do content that is not just safe but relevant. And so, whereas. Ten years ago, we used to have uh, to—I don't say we had to. What we would sell is really just our platform, and we would say, "Hey, sponsor a video on our channel." And at the time, the algorithm on YouTube was very different, and just putting anything out meant that all of our subscribers would see it. So we could just, we could basically just sell the the numbers. Uh, and also of course they knew the kind of content they were getting. They would be less interested in the content five years ago. It was more just make something funny, put our name on the end. Uh, now the algorithm is different. It's more pay to play. Facebook came along. They have their own video distribution now. So, uh, now we sell more our ideas and our ability to execute those ideas.
0: It's interesting. Adapt quick or die, right?
1: I feel like we reinvent our business every six months. I'm not kidding.
0: (laughs) Well, um, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show is, you know, there's so many folks who are involved in content marketing or, or whatever they're calling it, you know, these days. Yeah. The, uh, what's the raise of the month? Yeah. Pick your, pick your term. Right. Um, and one thing that, you know, a lot of organizations, they can get by, you know, hiring some 22 year old intern to put a fluff pace, Facebook post up so they can say, look, we posted this many times. Right. Right. But when it comes to something like comedy, you really can't fake it, you know, like, it's, it's something that everyone has such a strong opinion on. Was that funny or not? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like any craft, it doesn't come easy. Um, can you talk about, in your mind, um, that evolution of, of what it takes to actually know what's going to resonate? You know, yes. We, we talked about doing it a lot, but what else?
1: Yes. Well, uh, first of all, I should say, we're still always crossing our fingers when we release something. There is no guarantee there's no secret to being a hundred percent sure that a joke is going to land. I mean when, when Jerry Seinfeld goes out and does a 45 minute set it's all material that he's practiced and and rehearsed and edited and that's true for any comedian. What's unique about what we do is that oftentimes we are putting untested material out in the wild and we are depending on our experience and uh, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of, I'm just, all I'm trying to say is it is a little bit of a gamble every time, but I would say that aside from just having the experience and the reps, some of it is, is having a good process for understanding the audience that we're speaking to. Uh, some of it is, is understanding how pacing works on YouTube and Facebook uh, some of it un- is understanding. I don't know. I, I'm not going to pretend like there's some formula. I really just think over time, our instincts have just gotten better. And we just kind of know what will work and what won't. I, I hate to answer sure. so broadly, but, but, no,
0: but that's like, really the what it is. Folks who are, you know, we have all sorts of different people on the show who are masters at different things. We have race car drivers and pro athletes, and we mm-hmm. have you know, authors who've written multiple New York times selling best selling books and, you know, people who they, they just sit there and beat on their craft until they kind of unlock the patterns. And, uh, that's a good way to put it. Um, you unlock the patterns. (laughs) Well, um, and we should know,
1: we should be compared to professional athletes or NASCAR drivers or anything like that. But it, it definitely is a subconscious training that's going on with every video that we make.
0: Yeah. Um, what about this for folks who, who are interested in becoming funnier? People who, who they would like to maybe start mm-hmm. dabbling with comedy, but they're so scared of falling on their face they haven't started. Um, what advice would you have for people about about getting started and, and you know putting their foot in the water and, and uh, trying things, being prepared for failure, and just what kind of advice would you have for for organizations or individuals?
1: Uh, well, for individuals who want to pursue comedy, it really is just putting your foot in the water and failing. It's just you've got to you, you have to decide you have to understand that you are signing up to fall on your face. You're signing up to fail and try again and fail and try again. Uh, that's that's the nature of it. Um, if if you're an individual listening and you're like in any way interested in the craft of comedy, whether it be stand up or acting, I always suggest starting with an improv class. And in fact I teach improv to a lot of corporations because I think the principles that you learn there are helpful as much off the stage and out of the spotlight as they are in it. Um, in, in the study of improv, you're gonna learn a lot about being more present. You're gonna learn a lot more about uh, how to actively listen to someone. You're gonna learn a lot about being authentic, expressing yourself more clearly, making bold choices, being willing to take risks, learning how to operate inside of failure. All those things are what you learn when you study improv, so that's a great starting point. But for an organization it's like, hey, we wanna do more just Put out some straightforward, stupid Facebook ad that's targeted to our exact local market. We want to put something out a little sexier, a little funnier, and be more like what we see on broadcast television. I would just say uh, partner with someone that has a good portfolio, Uh, because if you just go try that, it may or likely won't work. Now, there's exceptions. There's the Dollar Shave Club guys that in-house produced one of the most memorable ads of this decade. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Dollar Shave Club guy. And I mean, like that was just an in-house thing. And that guy was just a genius. And I'm sure he has marketing training or comedy training somewhere back there. Uh, but that's, that's just not very possible for the average company to go do. And we get calls, we get a lot of calls and you would be surprised at the number of requests we get to make, make something quote unquote, like the Dollar Shave Club commercial. Like, like it's just something you can do, uh, because people want that. It's very sexy to be funny uh, with, with for brands. Um, it's it's a way to be memorable, and it seems cheap. Yeah, it seems like a more inexpensive way to be memorable, but uh, it's not necessarily that easy. So I would say, if you're a corporation, you want to do that. You know, talk to your agency or find someone who is an expert and find out what's really involved.
0: Yeah. There is an
1: ROI. There's a very uh, an amazing ROI if you do it right.
0: Sure. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and then I have a question about that for you. Okay.
1: Hey, Andy Phillips here. And I'm Tom Hackett. You may remember us from that time when we used to try really hard to make plays on fourth down. But well, we're back at it with
0: a brand new show called Special Forces Gang, where we give you new perspective on what it takes to be a football player. We talk all things Utah football,
1: sports, and life. Don't miss Special Forces Gang.
0: Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on kslsports.com. Go dudes! Okay, so Trip, right before the sponsor break, uh, I told you I had a question, and I guess it kind of relates to something you said. You know, there's so many folks that they realize comedy and entertainment is, you know, can be a big advantage, can be a huge leverage point if it's done right, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think about some of the folks we've had on the show in the past. We have, um, you know, we had the guys from the Harmon Brothers who did like Squatty Potty and, um, yeah. and you know, Fiber Fix and some of those that, that have really worked out commercially, had a... Another guy, Jay Davis, who's been a part of some some videos that have done tens of millions of views, and um, I think one of the things that Jay said he said, you know, when you brought up the, um, you know, can we have a video like Dollar Shave Club of how many people don't realize the value of novelty of like you could produce right. that same video, but because it's already been done, right. like how much of the leverage is gone because of the loss of novelty? Right. It sounds like you agree with me there, and Jay, what what well, would you add to that? <laughs>
1: I'd say, first of all, make sure you have a product that's that novel, (laughs) you know, like you can't, you can't turn a, just a new interesting way to save files inside of a cloud into a a razor that shows up at your doorstop for cheap. Like that's the novelty started in in a genius product, right? Uh, So I would say back up and make sure what you're selling is interesting. And then uh, just, I don't know what I would say after that. That That's all I would add. Because I have a feeling Jay said it better than I could well, from there. Novelty is, is – is, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say it, it is so easily overlooked, right, when, when it feels like, oh, we can just put that new wallpaper on it and all of a sudden everybody will want it rather yeah. than thinking harder and fundamentally questioning, like, is this product inherently
1: notable, right? Right. I mean, think about what Dollar Shave Club was. Think about what Squatty Potty was. Sure, it was clever, well-priced, all of that. But they were just talking about what it was. Because what it was, what those products were, were and are, are incredibly interesting and funny on their own. It's like the same is true with Pooper. So Poopery, Squatty Potty, Dollar Shave Club, those are the ones people remember. And uh, we get a lot of calls where people are like, hey, they're thinking those seemed inexpensive. Like, you're funny, make us one of those. And I, in the back of my head, I'm often thinking, well, hey, that's not possible because your product is really boring and kind of <laughs> embarrassing. So like, um, that's never gonna happen. Second of all, like, I'm not a magician. I can't just guarantee you some novel idea. Uh, we got a lot of work to do on the front end to land there. You know, we gotta put a lot on the, against the wall. We gotta uh, change course a lot. The creative process is really messy. At least it is for me. I don't know. Some of these other guys might be a lot smarter and they might hit a lot more home runs than me, but it's really messy and unpredictable from where I sit.
0: No, listen, we had we had the Harmon brothers who made Squatty Potty Poopery, Fiber Fix, you know, chat books, right? Um, yeah. We had them on the show, but we also had one of their clients, um, the guys from Spark, who own Fiber Fix and paid them to make it, right? Mm. And they're talking oh. about like, if you want that much writing and you want that much production, like you're paying like a hundred grand a minute to make to make that kind of a thing, right? And so um, this idea of it will be cheap, like it's in my observation, I'd be interested in your thought. It seems like it may end up cheaper than other routes because the ROI, if you do it right, could be so big. But cheap is a pretty relative term, right?
1: It's completely relative to the returns. Yeah, right.
0: No kidding. Well, listen, so me. cutting corners is, uh, oh, go ahead. I just cut you no. off. Speaking of <laughs> no, you're the guest. I'm talking too much. You go. I was
1: just saying cutting corners, uh, might save you money in the front end and we've done that and we've made stuff that we didn't think was funny, but we're not the ones writing the check. So we've just done it. And, uh, I have a feeling whatever money was spent was wasted for some of these people that weren't really willing to take great risks or put up the money for something quality.
0: Yeah. You know, Having just a little bit of a peek behind the curtain with some of these folks that I've spent time with in addition to having them on the show, like realizing how much time and effort they put into writing, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's very easily discounted by folks who don't see that process and recognize like how hard and how many revisions they do to come up with that stuff that resonates. Uh, it's not a hey, at coffee put write it on yeah. the back of the napkin. Okay, now we're done. It's like, no no, that's like step no, one no. in the thousand step journey, right?
1: Yeah. It, it, there, it's it's present us three ideas and we'll choose the best ones. Okay. It's not that simple. Uh, for me it's it's less about a lot of work and it's more about less work. So let me expound on that. For me to have good ideas, I have to be as I have to be less busy. So like I could fill all my time really easily coming up with ideas for brands and writing little scripts or, or for, even for internal communication stuff for some companies that we work with. Uh, none of it would be very good because my wheels are just spinning all the time. I would have no space in my brain to actually stumble upon a really good idea. So I found that I have to kind of slow down and create as much space in my life as I can for the good ideas to show up in my brain, however they do, or why they do.
0: You know, I really want to talk about this. Um, I know we're about out of time for the first half of the interview. Let's let's bring this up on the second part. Okay, um, great. Let's do this. Uh, why don't you Why don't you tell people where the best places to connect with you are online?
1: So uh, I'm I'm becoming a, an Instagrammer. I'm finding that that's that's my new platform of choice. So please follow me on Instagram, Trip Crosby. Uh, you'll see a lot of posts about my kid who's funnier than me, but also, uh, I do some really fun things in my stories. Uh, every week I give someone a hundred dollars or at least the chance to get a hundred dollars through a really fun game that we play. Uh, I do a little short films in my stories, whatever, you know what Instagram is. I Instagram, that's where I am. <laughs> yeah. And, and for everybody that
0: trip is with two P's trip. Cros- yeah. Uh, trip Crosby. Crosby. And you know, of course, you know, YouTube trip and Tyler dot com as well. Um, Okay, everybody tune back in. We're going to ask trip more of how you become funnier. Thanks. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you'll remember the guys from convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of jive communications, big, uh, Company now, I think three or four hundred million dollars. Anyways, he uh, he started a new company called blip billboards.com I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like ten or twenty cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run, and it just puts so much power in the hands of of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different States because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blip Thanks.